Hello there. We are joined by Joanna Dominguez today. Joanna, thanks so much for making the time. Thank you so much for organizing this. It's really a wonderful thing you're doing for the community, Joe. Really it's, it's my pleasure. It's actually a very selfish endeavor. Uh, Joanna, uh, we'll ask the standard first question. Refresh your memory. What have you been up to for the last, or what were you doing before you started in Seattle? And then what have you been doing for the last 20 years? So as you told me, too many McKinsey people. So before uh, in Seattle, I was at McKinsey for about two years. Um, and then I was very tired of McKinsey, but uh, didn't know. What you, what'd you do before McKinsey? I, I assume you uh, were. You... I studied that that was my first job. Uh, okay. Okay. So I came so you straight. you worked for two I... years and then went to business school after two years. Exactly. But after one year of McKinsey, I was already preparing my application because that's how McKinsey worked mm-hmm. and I was quite tired uh, feeling I was making uh, shareholders of big companies richer uh, which was okay but not <laughs> enough to make uh, me want to spend as many hours working but at the time I didn't know what else I would love to do so I thought inside would be a good time to explore and I did a lot hold of on, hold on. I, want, I want to back up because that, that's that's interesting. Like it's, I, I suspect you were a, a a very lucky subset of people in Portugal who who got jobs at McKinsey. Like how, how competitive was that, and 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 what what was that like getting getting you know that that, that job, which is probably very 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 sought after. Mm. So I, I was lucky before because I I got I was I got into a really good school. Uh, that was known for getting everyone a job, and uh, and I surprisingly had the top uh, grades of my class, which <laughs> wow. I was not expecting at all. And so I, I was invited by McKinsey for the interview process, and uh, and it turned out well. And so I got an offer from McKinsey and from BCG, and then. The, it was good to have them compete and offer me a, an internship in Brazil to make me decide. <laughs> That's how I joined. Lovely. 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 <laughs> Look, That's that so was a long time ago. 1999. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a, a different time. A different time. Uh-huh. All right, so let's let, let's let's get uh, into Inciat or post Inciat stuff. We're we're we're, uh, we're we're up to 20 years ago right now. Right. So I, I came to Inseat as a time for exploration, really, because I had studied management. I was not expecting to learn so much more about management. It was really a, a year for self-exploration. And I, so I, that's what I did. I did a lot of uh, psychology and management courses. And uh, if you remember, Crying for Credits it was a course. It was really about self-reflection and learning about yourself. And I... I I discovered I knew very little about my emotional life. Um, I had to write this story of my life, and when I read it, there was no emotion in it except for the the death of my father, and all the rest had was very plain. And I was very surprised by that. But at the time, the teacher she asked me in a one on one. When I shared that, she said, "So, what's the role of emotions in your life?" And I was like. Uh, can you repeat the question? I didn't even understand the Does question. Does not compute. <laughs> so that opened a big new thing of, oh, there's a whole world of inside me that I just have no awareness of. So I came back to McKinsey with that awareness. 
that I wanted to discover more about that. And then at a certain point, I got involved in an internal project that was about uh, people satisfaction in the office. And we had a team of specialized people in culture that did a whole diagnostics. Uh, and I was fascinated. I said, wow, so that's how we discover how people create happy or unhappy <laughs> uh, work environments where we spend a lot of our lives. And I was fascinated by that. That's how I discovered the world of culture work of, uh, and then of facilitation of groups uh, and, and then of coaching. So while at McKinsey, but that was surprising, I discovered the, the work of uh, culture development and leadership development. And I got myself my first training in coaching. And McKinsey gave you some latitude to sort of re reorient yourself in that direction? Yes. So, and then I ended up leaving the McKinsey office formally. I, I was still based in Lisbon, but, uh, and moved into as an expert of a global pool that was uh, specialized in, in work in culture and leadership development. So how long were you at McKinsey Postings yet? Five years. Five years. Was, okay. Yeah. After two or three, I discovered this line of work and I was really excited. And I, then that, uh -huh. that was a good reason to go to work. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. then and, I and got, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, as I say, that that meant traveling all the time because there was very little work like that in in Lisbon. Certainly not enough for a career. And then I decided Tiago and I decided to have our first daughter, well, a child. We decided on a daughter, <laughs> and I was very clear I wanted to sleep at home. And uh, that's when I decided to leave because doing what I did at McKinsey would involve traveling most of my time and uh, moving back to Lisbon would not allow me to do that type of work. So in big fear that I wouldn't make a living out of coaching and facilitation, I decided to live and give myself a year of trying. And, you know, if that wouldn't work, then I would certainly find a job. <laughs> I mm -hmm, thought, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I didn't. So it's been 15 years and I'm currently since then uh, doing mostly two things. I did coaching, coaching and more and more coaching senior teams on how they collaborate, how they work together. So it's coaching them on on the togetherness <laughs> and not on the individual roles as much and individual coaching uh, to executives. So that, that's a big part of my life. And the other part is being faculty for leadership development programs. And I do that in Lisbon in the local business school and around the world uh, for McKinsey, for international clients. Uh, so I, I have a mix that's mixed and I, I still get uh, to be connected with the rest of the world. I continue actually working for McKinsey now after 15 years, but now in a very different role as a coach, as an external coach and as faculty for their internal partner hmm. leadership development. And and I assume like you you are the Joanna Corporation here. It's 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 you. You are your own coach. It's not like you're part of of a coaching company or 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 you mentioned some network that I assume they just helped you find clients to 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 do coaching for. Correct. Yes. Uh, can you can you talk a little bit about what it's like? You know, leaving the relatively safe, uh, structured confines of McKinsey and going on your own, having to like 
you know, kill what you eat in terms of, you know, getting new clients and, and, or eat what you kill. <laughs> so the beginning was quite scary. What happened was when immediately when I left, I got myself a part-time job at this local business school where I had studied before. And, uh, and there I met several other coaches because I organized something that needed more people. And I got together a big team to, for the 300 students I, <laughs> I was designing the program for. Mm-hmm. And there I met other people that I, I really enjoyed because before that, all of my network was uh, international. I didn't really work in Portugal uh, in this um, area. And so gradually I got together with some of these people to to do working clients and and so we have this group of four coaches now that we call the, we have a brand for ourselves we call outside and and the corporate work we do we do together in portugal and then all of us have other things so i do work for mckinsey that they don't uh, i i'm part of an american network american-based network called mobius executive development so we have this home that we do together and um, and then we each do other things so but the beginning was quite scary because i had nothing in my in my agenda so this this part time at the business school helps I feel like you know this is not totally insane uh, and then what happened is i i every every and <laughs> uh, work kept appearing so the fear i have of having nothing to do never never happened and i actually never did any um, business development actively all of my work has been done over these 15 years by recommendation so mm-hmm. where did the first few clients come from so many originally came from people who knew me from mckinsey so because i have this odd thing of being a coach and being an ex mckinsey which was quite unusual and mm-hmm. it gave me the two languages of knowing you know, i could speak business and i could speak development um and then it's previous clients i i think i've never been to client i didn't know who already had asked for something so i don't know how to do business development uh, <laughs> proactively going after well it sounds like you're, you're doing it you're, you're doing it just not calling it that uh I, I i would if you're comfortable sharing i'd love to hear some juicy scandalous stories of of things you've gotten from your clients but that's probably uh not not allowed but can you talk about kind of the the approach you take when you bring out a client is it sort of the same uh process of getting to know each other and, and identifying these issues and the, the, maybe some of these emotional things you talked about or is everybody their own, you know, unique snowflake and you've got to navigate their situation? I think by now we have quite a stabilized uh, process. So for teams, so this actually comes typically from the CEO, typically a new CEO because he's new in the country or for some reason has a new, um, he's leading a new team. And he's finding it hard to get people to work together or he's surprised with the culture in Portugal. <laughs> so there's often a multicultural challenge to that. And what we do is we interview each member of the team to understand how they are experiencing. Um, and then that brings insight into what they want to work on and what they find is important. And then we, with them, we map 
their key stakeholders that have expectations of them as a team. So their own teams, sometimes the board, investors, and we, we then interview them on what do they really expect from this team that individual members can do on their own. So what's, what's, it's typically an, uh, an executive committee or um, the, the, the CEO and its direct reports. And, uh, and so we, we collect these expectations of what are they doing well, what do you think they should be doing that, you know, to, to really um, get your expectations fulfilled. And that creates a, a common information for them to reflect on what, what's working and what do they want to work on to, to better fulfill the needs of their stakeholders. And from there, there's a, a path. Is they, there's development goals, and then we have sessions every quarter to, to go deeper into how they're doing and what they can experiment with that they haven't yet. And we also observe some of their regular meetings to help them notice what's getting in the way of them doing what they said they want to do. So that, that, that's typically a 12 months, 18 months journey that's quite stabilize right now then the, the content is very variable because each team needs to work on the things they need to work um, and some things are common there's always the thing of you know different people value and give priority to different things that brings conflict in making decisions often different interpretations from different culture create conflict and they have a hard time understanding and getting to convergence so some of those things are quite common, actually. But but it, the, the most of the value is that they themselves come to the realization that they want to work on that. With individuals, yeah. it's quite similar, actually, because we start with listening to the individual, what you want to learn, develop, what the success look like, and then often getting feedback from the people they work with. So the process is quite similar in that way. It starts with gaining more awareness and developing the focus and then working on that. I was expecting the base, based on the way you kind of introduced this career shift, it sounded like very touchy feely hippie, you know, uh, tea ceremonies and yoga sessions. This is, this feels a lot more probably like an a McKinsey engagement than, than a, 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 a really, uh, you know, psychotherapist sort of a thing. This is, this, this is really interesting. And, and it sounds like you've got a real little, uh, market cornered here, at least in, in, in Portugal. How much of your work is, you know, in Portugal and Lisbon versus outside? Uh... I'd say nowadays is about 60% in Lisbon mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. and the rest outside, but some of it is online. So, because since the pandemic, a lot of individual coaching has gone online. So I, I coach people around the world online. With teams, we, we prefer to be in person because there's a lot going on that mm -hmm. you can't really get when the, the touchy-feely stuff, it's hard to, to, to grab between people in, in Zoom. Of course. Yeah, With, yeah, like yeah. in a one-to-one, -one, you can go deep, but what happening, what's happening between them, that's harder to feel and see when you're not in the same room. That's uh, that's great. This, this, it sounds like you've you've uh, you you made the brave decision to 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 jump off that you know very secure, very big ship, and you've landed in in you know quite a nice place, and presumably a place is more rewarding for you. 
absolutely more rewarding to me and uh, and I, I keep learning about what part of it is rewarding and some things that I don't like anymore and so I, it, it continues to be more specific and I, I keep learning about that so I feel like uh, it connects with retirement I don't see myself retiring <laughs> I see myself doing less man, less yep. hours um but I love this, you know. Sometimes I, I'm well, going to say this it, out it, loud in in the in the big <laughs> in the big space. But sometimes I wonder. I get paid. I get paid to do the work that I I would almost pay to do because I I love so much. I enjoy it so much. Well, let's let's be a little bit obnoxious for a second here. Talk about the pay. Uh, <laughs> so you're you're I assume usually being hired by a company or maybe in certain cases the the individual if they want some personal help. What, what what do these engagements look like from a from a time perspective? From you know what you charge them, stuff whatever you're able to share. I think some of us like to kind of you know understand the the nuts and bolts of, of this stuff. <laughs> so th- there's a range. So multi mm-hmm. big not we of course big multinationals where there's much more complexity to manage. We we charge more than to you know a small company that it's like a pet project in Portugal that we want to help. So. So there's there's a there's a range, um, and I also do volunteer work uh, with groups of women. So from from nothing to I'm not sure I should say this out loud to in the, in the bigger space. This this will be on the internet. I mean, the, the only only six people listen to this podcast, so they're, they're, you shouldn't be too worried about it. But uh... but uh, but yeah. The, Coaching hours would vary from, you know, pet projects uh, for free <laughs> to a range of 500 to 1,000 euros per hour. So it really depends. That's coaching, individual coaching for senior leaders, very senior leaders. Um, and then a, a big project with a team for 18 months could cost a hundred thousand for for an international team that but that there's a big variety depending on you know how many people are involved and so we, we adapt quite a lot to the journey to what's at stake and the size of the team where they are You've been doing it for 15 years. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what what you're kind of what you were doing early on, and then what you've learned over that 15 years, and how you've you know maybe been more efficient or more effective in 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 you know running these these engagements. Mm-hmm. So I've, I found when I left McKinsey, I, I, I was in this space that, you know, McKinsey is all about advice and then coaching is uh, the opposite, is really to get people to get extract their own thoughts <laughs> to the outside and not put your own thoughts in them. It's really about mm-hmm. helping them think. So it's, it's almost an opposite. One is to tell and the other one is to ask. Um, but I found, what I found is that because I came from McKinsey, often people expect me to tell them what to do. So what I what I felt I'm much faster now at clar- is clarifying the differences. What what can they get from a coaching engagement that is not what they get from hiring McKinsey? 
they're not better or worse. It's just a very different thing that you get. And uh, and so I, what I find is that we're much faster now at getting alignment of is this what really what you want and uh, how we can help. And, and so aligning expectations more quickly and uh, avoiding frustration because I've, I've found one of the questions you had in was some of the regrets or the mistakes. And I, I felt one of the big things was getting into supporting a, a top team. And really what they were expecting was that I was going to consulting. And I didn't really yeah. understand that until it was too late because we organized a meeting around a, a big topic on their org chart. And, you know, I asked them to prepare and, and they were, and it didn't want it didn't go well at all because they were expecting me to come and tell them what they should do. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. no, that's not what I'm yeah. here to do. So mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. a big aha is that, wow, no, this, this, this is, this needs much, much, much clear clarification of what, what the role is. And that's been a, a big learning throughout time. And I think we're much mm-hmm. better at doing that now. Yeah. And that, probably the only way you learn that is by, making those mistakes and having those, you know, uh, mismatched expectations manifest themselves afterwards that then you have to start front loading all of these. I stopped hearing these. you, Joe. This could be my internet or yours. Okay, we're having slight technical difficulties. Hopefully, Joanna will come back online here. Uh, it'd be a pity to 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 lose all of this good uh, this good discussion. Joe, oh, I unfortunately, can't I think you we all. may have lost Joanna. So, unless she jumps back in in the next few moments, uh, we'll uh, we'll have so this be a wrap. So, Joanna, if you're if oh, there you are, you're back. Can, can you hear me? Hey, Joanna, can you hear me? I can hear you. Joanna, Joanna, can you hear me? I, I see you just fine. All right, we've got technical difficulties. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off. I think this, this has been a good, very good conversation. Thank you so much. I'm I'm sorry that uh, we didn't get a a, a real tight ending, but uh, but th- there's there's been some really good stuff talked. Joanna, thank you.